everyone this is donnie aka elevated joined by jenkins here with hello episode 13 of alchemy answers and Finally we got some great questions lucky, lucky right after halloween it's lucky in some in some senses I, I know there's plenty of people that think that 13 is a lucky number um, there are different cultures canadian culture for example kind of depends on whether you're a glass glass half full or half empty type of person right that's Which true is, also, how your Dota performance usually goes, right? God, I don't want to talk about my Dota performance. <laughs> so we've got some really good questions, and let's just go ahead and get into them real quick. Since you guys came here to have your questions answered. We don't want to fuck around. We're not going to fuck with you, okay? You right. to relax. Question number one. What do you think about throwing cores like Drow in the offlane? Say you ran an AM safe lane, Invoker mid, and Drow offlane. Is that something worth considering, or are offlane style heroes pretty fixed? I think it's definitely something worth considering, although I don't think you would want to pick an anti-mage and a drow in the same game, because they do the same thing, which is hit creeps for 30 minutes while their team loses, and then come online after 30 minutes and fight with, like, 50 items. But in any case, I, I think, yeah, I think it's fine to, to throw, like, a carry-style hero in the offlane. For a while there, we were seeing Lycan put into the offlane, uh, but it was more so because he could do all of the things that you wanted an offlaner to do in the current patch. And I think right now, the uh, the offlane and the safe lane, and I, actually I should say the three core roles are all kind of the same. You just want uh, every job to be done in a game of Dota. It doesn't really matter what the lanes are as long as you, you just want to have the best lanes possible for each of the cores. Like usually you'll have two cores do pretty well, one core gets sacked. And uh, you you know you want to aim for that or for three cores doing well uh, coming out of the laning phase. And it doesn't really matter what your lanes are. I mean, I've, I've seen people do like Terrorblade Nyx Assassin lanes. Jesus Christ. Could you imagine telling somebody two years ago that there'd be a Terrorblade Nyx Assassin lane? They're like, bro, that's two, that's two melee heroes. That sucks. And it's like, well, yeah, that sucks because that's just the sacked lane. They just know that lane's going to do poorly. So they put the shittiest support there and the shittiest core there and then make the other two lanes really strong. So yeah, if, if you need to put Drow in the offlane in order to make your lanes the best for the game, then absolutely feel free to do it. Maybe it's even just a good offlane Drow pick where like, let's say you have a safe lane hero like a Necrophos. That's typically a very offlane style hero, but can be played as a carry too. That's when an offlane draw would make a lot of sense because you know that Necropost Hero is capable of, of playing like a traditional offlaner despite a guy picking it to be a carry, you know? And then it's a ranged hero, of course. So you benefit the Necropost by picking the draw as well. So, yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's pretty good. It just depends on the game. And I would not pick it with Anti-Mage, by the way. That's an <laughs> important one. Yeah, I made a video pretty recently about picking Doom safe lane and why it was a good pick in a particular game. And it pretty much revolved around having a carry hero in the offlane. A weaver weaver zero that can very easily transition into a full hard carry and especially in pubs where people tend to prioritize damage and kill items over anything else basically because people just want to kill shit um a lot of the times it's actually better to just pick something utility as a safe laner because your offlane is just going to try and carry the game anyway um so in that same kind of vein like you can definitely pick a carry in the offlane if your safe laner is something less greedy or if they simply 
do a significantly different job as Jenkins Jenkins mentioned um, from you. And I mean, we've kind of seen this transition over the last 12 months or so where we were seeing Ursa in the offlane a lot, Wraith King. Um, I'm still a believer in Sven offlane being reasonably good. Um, you know, and like what it comes down to is, especially in pubs, what are you comfortable playing? And can you build that hero or play that hero in a way that fits the game? I'd much rather have somebody who has played 500 games of what's the normal like Amber Spirit in the offlane than have them on their first game of Tidehunter. I agree so much. In, in this in this patch in particular, yeah, like an, an ember off lane is perfectly fine as long as the lane is good, and you're capable of playing it. Like a lot of the times, you can play a hero, the lane will just be good because you're good at the hero. Exactly, that's perfectly fine. If you're a really good drow, then fuck yeah, play it as a support if you have to. Yep, I've definitely I run mean, drow in, in the off lane once or twice. We're seeing in Legion Commander support right now, so it's like roles don't mean much as long as you have a good game. Yep, one hundred percent. All right, let's get on to the next question, which okay. is, this one's from Facebook, actually. So um, thanks for submitting this on a different platform. I went on a six-game winning streak against people at the same MMR as me. And my next game, everyone was significantly higher on both teams. Does the system just screw me into playing with people that much higher if I perform well? And if so, how can I really progress without a smooth transition of the ranks? It seems I only get placed with people lower than me normally and then abruptly much higher. What gives? Uh, I mean, that that's kind of how it is at uh, high rating, too. It's like there's two types. There's never really any games, it seems, that you will be placed with a bunch of people of your same rank. I don't know. What do you what do you what do you usually get placed in, Donnie, for um, ranks? So I'm I'm divine one right now. And I would say it kind of oscillates every other game, basically. Like in one game, I will be with a bunch of like ancient one, two, three, four players. And then the next game, I'll be with like divine one through five and even sometimes immortal. Um, and even even when I was an ancient player, I would still sometimes be the highest MMR on my team with a bunch of legend players. And sometimes I would be the lowest MMR on my team with a bunch of divine players. And it really just kind of, depends on like what region you're searching in how many players are online at that current moment um obviously whether you're playing ranked roles or not if you're playing ranked roles the pool is much smaller and therefore you're going to have an even bigger spread than you're used to and um honestly like the the system is basically just trying to get you a game as quickly as possible that's as balanced as possible uh so i mean i'm sure that there's kind of like a sweet spot where if you're maybe like Archon, because Archon, I think, has the most people that play Dota, like, across all the regions. So I think at Archon, most games are going to be relatively balanced. Although this this person is asking the question, is Archon 4? So it's like, but that's kind of on the cusp of being Legend. So You it, know, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like it kind of makes sense that you'd be, you would be placed with people higher than you and then lower than you as well. Because, like, the algorithm would prefer to teach people to be better at Dota, right? If like if if you're designing a game and you're designing an algorithm for matchmaking, you would want to put people in scenarios where they're going to learn and get better, right? Especially if it's like a competitive game. Yeah. Like it might actually be an, a completely intentional thing that's happening. Come come to think of it, because from the sounds of it, it happens at every bracket. 
Yeah, and also one thing that is important to keep in mind is that the whole spectrum of MMR like kind of moves a little bit, like from That's month true. to month, because sometimes you'll like you'll get to a rank and then you'll fall back down and you'll just be like at some rank for you know a couple months and then all of a sudden you'll go on a winning streak again you'll get to that percentage again and suddenly you'll suddenly you'll rank up like three or four ranks in a row really quickly and that's because the MMR spectrum might have shifted to where each metal is more difficult to actually progress to or easier to progress to if there's more people that have moved in the MMR spectrum and so um I think that this kind of like oscillation of the people that you're playing with is natural to the system and it's actually something you can learn from and it makes you be more creative in your games you're gonna I have to like prepare for it drafting yeah. wise that's my biggest suggestion just have heroes that you you want to play in those high rated games maybe things like you're very very comfortable with uh maybe your whatever role is your specialty maybe even to switch to support if you feel like people are a lot better than you and uh because uh it tends that the support roles have a lot less control over the game so there's a lot less pressure on you to do a lot uh mostly just focus on like the laning phase which is a lot easier uh in terms of like controlling and carrying the game winning a pub and uh for for the for the lower rated games you're going to need something with more control maybe you switch to like mid or something like that at least that's what i do if, if i get like a low rated game i'll pick like mid brood if i get a high rated game i'll pick whatever my most comfortable role is which is offlane and i'll pick like my best heroes and if i have to pick support i'll pick pudge because it's one of my most confident heroes comfortable heroes i should say and confident Same yeah thing. And also, generally speaking, if you're in one of these games with a widespread, just try and make your highest metal, highest rated person have the best game possible. Is like what I would suggest. Yeah. Like yeah, if, if you have, if sure. you're, let's say you're an Archon, like three or four or something like that, and you have a Legend 5 or like Ancient Invoker on your team, and everybody else in the game is like in the Legend or Archon bracket, just make that Ancient Invoker have a very good laning stage and they'll probably carry you. And like, that's one of the best ways to rank up. That's like the slacks school of thought as far as gaining MMR. It's just find, him, man. Yeah, find the best player on your team and make sure they have a good game. Isn't slacks immortal now? Uh, no, I don't think so. He's pretty good though. He's actually pretty good. I played with him before. Yeah, that's just because, you know, like he empowers his teammates to be better. You empower your highest rated player for sure. You don't empower some very low rated player <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be very disappointed that's true that's, like, that's one of the crazy things about dota is that like you can take some guy that would absolutely crush in like an archon game put him in like a legend game and he'll just like feed like an idiot and look like a moron mm -hmm. same thing like for divine ancient same thing for like top 10 top 100 like you could take all of these players both of them in a high rated game but look so out of their element in like a complete dumbass so you just need to make sure to empower the guy that's going to look like the 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 smallest dumbass possible, make the least dumbass decisions possible, <laughs> and, and and react to the enemy's dumbass decisions yep. better. Because of course, the lower rated you are, the more dumbass decisions there's going to be. And <laughs> anyway, it's just, it's crazy. It's the same thing, tier one, tier two teams. The video we made a video about that recently. Check that out. I mean, and here's the thing, right? So, what does Team Liquid do? They empower Miracle to have a good game every single actually, game possible it actually works they want a ti yes it it's what did og do they empowered anna to have a good game every single game because he was their best player well depending on the game depending on the, uh, sometimes they power tops and tops and are Ana. Tops yeah. and are Ana. they but, would never empower seb seb was always like 
He was always just a sacrificial on, player. He was always on his own, yeah. Uh, what does Secret do? They empower Nisha, and they empower mid one. Like, they don't focus, and Yapsor just does his own thing, but like, they're not trying to actively give anybody except for their two best players, or highest mechanically skilled carry players, best game it possible. Depends on the game, too, like the draft. Yeah. Whoever's like the more comfort hero that they know can carry. Exactly. It's, it's funny, actually, because back in the day when I was playing a Leviathan, uh, we would pick me Pudge, and we would empower me as the Pudge, <laughs> which is so ridiculous, but... It was just that I was so comfortable in the hero that, like, if I if I was empowered uh, on punch, I would actually, you know, hit a few game-winning hooks and just the game is over, you know? Because <laughs> the way that hero used to work is, like, you hit you hit one or two hooks in the late game, it's just over. Yeah. And now, you know, kind of, maybe not so much, but things have gotten really weird in Dota. Uh, all, all the cores are, like, equally strong. Back then, it was like, you hook, you hook that one guy and you'll fucking win the game, but that's you know you empower comfort you empower people who you know are going to carry the game and it, it works at all at all skill levels obviously right is is there a platinum dota plus tier meepo player on your team make sure they have a good game and you're gonna oh win. hell yeah like 100 oh, percent of the time <laughs> Jesus Christ, if i if i see somebody selecting meepo and they have like 500 500 uh games with meepo it's like i'm picking wyvern just to just to deny pick it from the enemy team you yep. know it's like, actually a really, really good strategy. If there's somebody with a super high rated Dota buff medal, you just like do whatever you can to make that hero have a good game. Yeah, it, <laughs> it works. I can guarantee you it works. I mean, there's support players that do that to top 100, so. Yep. All right, next question. This one's going to be kind of a fun and short one. Can you please show us how to really counter Bristleback? I've had little success every time I play against him. Oh my goodness. This is like okay. the ultimate, like mid-tier pub hero all right dude okay pick necrophos that hero annihilates bristleback in lane if necrophos is not available pick faceless void you press time dilation he can't do anything uh, also you just jump all of his damage and regen all of his damage uh and then get a hero that gets a silver edge like you silver edge the the, the reason that hero is like dog shit is because if you silver edge him he does nothing he does absolutely goddamn nothing like the hero literally loses his his entire purpose, which is his tankiness and his bristle spamming. If you if you silver edge him, you can also pick Viper because he has a break mechanic, and uh, he kites he kites the bristle too. You can pick Brewmaster because Brewmaster you can just ignore the bristle back. Like there's 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 so many ways to deal with bristle right now. Like you can literally he's so bad you can literally just kill him by picking a hero that's really good at landing against him, getting a break mechanic. Or you can go with the old school approach when Bristle was actually good and you can kite him. You can just ignore him and leave him until the end because the hero does not do damage. He doesn't do damage. He's terrible. He doesn't he, do damage. No. If you don't, if he you does don't do him, damage if you're hitting him. Well, yeah, other, but other than that, he doesn't do damage. <laughs> like, the hero's actually so bad right now that you can hit him and he still won't do enough to be an effective hero as long as you have good heroes against him. Ursa's good against him in the lane, too. That's enough heroes that, like... If, if you pick any of these heroes, Bristle does not have a game because he will not come online. Like, he does not get to a point where he does enough damage. Where, like, the only way Bristle is strong right now is if you feed him and then he becomes, like, unkillable. And that's it. But even then, if you pick up a Silver Edge, he's still killable. That, that That's why the hero is so weak right now is because, like, no matter what happens, no matter, no matter how tanky he gets, you can still pick up a Silver Edge and just nullify his entire existence or some sort of break mechanic on a hero. Like, like uh... Uh, with Viper, you, you put down the Nether Toxin. I know it's not a popular hero, but it's a fucking amazing hero against Bristol. If somebody is picking a bad hero like Bristol and you don't counter him, then 
it's like, yeah, you, you kind of deserve to lose at that point because, like, the reason the hero's bad is because so many counters exist to him. That, 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 that's, that's like a, a lot of the time, like, I see people in pubs, like, they'll see a Slark and it's like, oh, man, we, we won. They got a Slark. It's like, well, no, because we don't have any counters to Slark. So, like, the hero's still really good if you don't have counters. Like, the reason these heroes aren't picked and are bad is because counters exist to them. You have to actually pick the counters. You have to actually build the counters. I've seen so many people play, you know, Bristle. They don't pick up a Silver Edge. They just leave it a Shadow Blade. And it's like you rush. You can rush Silver Edge on a Faceless Void against that hero. It yeah. is terrible. It, it is so hard to play that Spectre. Same thing. People play against Spectre. They don't pick up a Silver Edge. Oh man, she's so unkillable. Yeah, that's because you don't have a Silver Edge on your team. You didn't draft a Silver Edge carrier against a hero who has ridiculous passives and is unkillable with the passive. You need to draft a Silver Edge carrier because you don't want to build a Silver Edge on like an ancient apparition. I mean, <laughs> it's good enough that you probably should, but right. at that point, it's like you're ruining your game by building the silver edge on that hero at that point it's like you should have just drafted a hero that should pick up these items against against these other heroes and and if they do end up last picking a bristle and you can't draw you can't pick a um you, you can't like pick a, a hero that picks one of these items up then still get a silver edge because if somebody's last picking a hero their entire draft is centered around that hero and then you can actually commit to getting a silver edge on a non-standard hero to get a silver edge on so basically break mechanics own bristle own him in the landing phase. Those two things. He is completely useless. That hero is, is very, very hard to play right now. Uh, Timbersaw, super good against Bristleback. Undying, also pretty good against Bristleback. Anybody that can make him less tanky and doesn't give a shit about his physical damage is pretty damn good against him, bro. And then, yeah, I mean, Tigers literally ran OD in a Grand Finals deciding match today. Go for it. Go and they won, even though it's literally one of the worst heroes in the game. But they were able to pick it against a Dragon Knight in lane and against a bunch of other really terrible heroes against OD. And they fucking stomped. So. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 if somebody's picking a bad hero, punish them for it. Make yep. them suffer for being dumb in their choices of heroes. Like, like, there's so many pubs that I see lost because people just play regular shit against irregular shit. And yep. it's like, Bro, you're just leaving this hero uncountered. And sure, it sucks, but it, it, it only sucks because there are counters. Right. Exactly. All right, next question. You mentioned keeping a hero journal. Do you have an example of how to structure one? Uh, I mean, I just open up a notepad file and keep a list of the hero, I, I, like a list of roles. And then the heroes that I'll play in each role, and then some of the scenarios like when what I would pick it into, like why I actually would pick that hero. That ba that's basically it's very simple, and uh, the the more complicated part of it is to like keep it updated because sometimes you'll throw stuff in there that uh, makes sense, it, you know, a month before, and then a month later it doesn't make sense anymore because people aren't picking like, you know, Lycan falls off or Drow falls off or whatever hero falls off to make the hero like not relevant anymore. So like getting things out of there when they actually should be removed from there is, is the hard part. And if you can do that, you'll just have this list of like heroes that you can completely obliterate with. Uh, and you'll obviously win a lot of MMR picking heroes into scenarios that are like really good. in. I mean, we talked, we talked about, you know, picking heroes are really good against Bristol as a, as a count, even though the hero is bad, just to punish the fact that somebody picked Bristol. It's the exact same thing. Like there, there are heroes that you can pick against like really popular heroes like you know drow or like so somebody picks picks an alchemist like there there are heroes that you can pick that you can keep in that hero journal and if, if you have it up to date 
then you'll always have an answer for the enemy team's drafts. And if you always have an answer, you're just going to have like a way higher than 50% win rate. And if you have a higher than 50% win rate, well, congratulations. You're going to be immortal at some point if you can keep that up. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing. Like, it's kind of cliche at this point to say it, but Dota is a very cyclical game. And even with massive changes to the map, you know, Roshan being shifted to a different side, Brian's being added, uh, heroes like Morphling and Tiny being completely reworked, both of those heroes still function the same. They do, yeah. Like, Morphling is essentially the same hero that Morphling was five years ago, just has a different ultimate. But still a hero that generally is on a very small amount of HP for a certain part of the game, and then becomes this, like, insanely high armor, really high damage burst hero later on. Tiny, very tanky hero all the time, very high base damage, slow-moving, huge amount of burst damage during the mid-game, kind of falls off afterwards. Yep. Like, even though he has an entirely different skill set than he used to, and the talents and everything, he's still the same hero that he was at the in Dota 1, literally in Dota yep. 1. And so whatever they, heroes were they, good against Tiny in Dota 1 are still pretty good against Tiny in Dota 2. They do 2. a very good job at, like, keeping, like, this is why this hero exists. Like, Ricky is another good example. Completely reworked. Still that stealthy, annoying piece of shit that runs around the map killing couriers and supports and stuff like that, yeah. you know? And that's why you still pick Spirit Breaker against him and stuff like that. They're heroes in yep. lane that can't be harassed, like Viper and Huskar and stuff like that. And, you know, that's why, like, okay, PL is back in the meta. Better pick up a Sven. Better pick up a you know, Bloodseeker. You, know like, you know one example of, of a scenario where this has actually changed recently? Do you want to guess? Where, where like a hero completely hard countered another, but now that hero gets hard countered by what originally countered it? Wait a minute. Anyway, Axe and Dazzle. Dazzle completely annihilates Axe right now. Like the reason people pick Axe is because you cut waves and dazzle just puts the poison touch on and yeah that's like one of the rare examples i i found that so interesting the other day where like sony picked dazzle against me and when i was axe i was like i'm gonna own this guy then i couldn't do anything i couldn't do anything against it because <laughs> you're just constantly getting poison touch refreshed. Yeah, because the creeps constantly refresh it so it's like <laughs> you're actually you actually just take like two thousand damage from it it's fucking impossible but anyway, I'm sorry. That, that, that's no, that's actually really interesting. I mean, but at the same it's time, it's like Axe still counters Dazzle in the yeah, mid-game. Yeah, in the mid-game. In the mid-game, right. precisely, precisely. I mean, technically speaking, Dazzle actually used to counter Axe because he stands on creep waves. What does yep. Dazzle love for people to do? Standard. Stand on fucking yep. creep waves. You're exactly. going to take 500 uh, magic, uh, oops, physical damage. I said every wrong damage type. <laughs> Might as well be pure damage because Axe's armor is so low without call. So That's true. Stout Shield doesn't do shit for that. Yeah. But, I mean, essentially, like, Hero Journals are kind of OP because, like, if we're, if we're still playing Dota three years from now and suddenly, like, they overbuff fucking, I don't know, Pangolier. Let's say Pangolier's dog shit for the next, like, two years and suddenly they overbuff him. It's like, boom, you know Bloodseeker counters him. Whoa, yeah, Bloodseeker, Naga Net really counters him. But cool. nobody picks Bloodseeker right now. Why would you pick Bloodseeker? Because Pangolier's broken. And you'll, <laughs> exactly. be, you'll be the first to pick it in the meta, and everybody will start picking it because that's how the meta shift works. Yep. It lets you predict meta shifts. It actually it actually works. I've actually, not going to like brag too much, but I've actually done stuff that pros have done before they did it in competitive a number of times just because I pay very close attention to what's popular, and then I try to counter it because I really don't like picking in meta stuff. Really boring to me to play the same 
OP heroes over and over. So I spend almost all of my time trying to find out what counters them because I don't want to play the same shit for like six straight months. And so like, hey, look, I've been, I've literally been ahead of the curve like five or six times on heroes. I was picking Bloodseeker before he got super overbuffed and I was winning every single fucking game. And then all of a sudden, like three months later, he was winning so every cancer. game in pros. That hero has been so cancer. Well, yeah, but he was always trash because he would fall off after the early game. But then once they overbuffed Thirst, I was like, wait, you can actually just win the game in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> Nobody's going to be able to come back. Anyway, last question. Since we can't all last pick, I really like this question. Since we can't all last pick, how do I draft, even in captain's mode, for an instance where you have to pick your offlane, but you don't know the enemy carry? What do I take into account? Jenkins once mentioned the three types of lanes, but you can't really know what lane you'll be against until it's already picked. I mean, you just want versatile heroes in that in that uh, scenario. Like you want, uh, there's there's actually a few, a few ways that you can go about this. I think this. Uh, is a topic that we've covered on one of the site videos, like subscriber-only videos, so I don't think it's on the channel yet, but basically there's a few ways that you can pick here. You can either pick something you're very comfortable with where it doesn't matter what they're going to pick. You'll just be good enough that you can outplay. Uh, it's good to have a few of those heroes. If you don't, I would definitely practice some heroes that you really, really enjoy because it's really nice to just be like, I don't know what to pick. I'm picking Pudge, and you know you'll have like a good game because you're good at Pudge. Uh, but you can also pick heroes that are very versatile, like a hero, uh, for instance, Marana. That hero doesn't really care what she's laying against. She'll do fine. Uh, she can play the harass lane, the sustain lane. She can play in whatever sort of lane. One of the, one of the big reasons that she's a top pick and that like Tiny is a top pick is because these heroes, you can throw them into any scenario and they'll be fine. That's essentially Mario picks. Necrophos. Hero, right. Ne Necrophos is, Necrophos is one of these weird heroes that like, he used to be considered to be like a very specific hero, but then people realize that like Reaper Scythe is so broken and the fact that the sustain in the lane is so broken that you can pick it in any scenario and do relatively well. That's a, it's a it's a it's a weird one, but yeah, Necro Necro's fine. Basically, Necro's in like the category of so overpowered that it's a versatile pick right now. Even though like Pugna hard counters Necro and Pugna's really good right now, still like you just want a Necro in your game if you can have one because the hero is so fucking good. Yeah, you crush some lanes like against melee cores. You can run at them in the off lane. You can run at them safe lane. Uh, you can play mid against a hero that's trying to just harass you down. And uh, even if you have a terrible game on Necrophil, say you get hard countered by like the next three picks, you just you reaper just somebody you and the game's something. over. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like nothing... Nothing anybody can do will make Reaper Scythe stop increasing people's death timer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing will do that. So. I think I I do think though that Shadow Demon might arguably make Necro's game unplayable. He has to Reaper Scythe the Shadow Demon, man. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, you have to Reaper Scythe the Shadow Demon, but if you don't, you get disrupted and then you get Demonic Purge and you're actually not even a hero. Yeah, that, that 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 is. He can also save people from getting scythed. It, it's a good hero. It's it's definitely like a a solid counter to Necro. One of the best counters in Dota to Necro. Probably the best, to be honest. Him and Pugna are really good. Pugna's yeah. more uh, Shadow Demon's like less highly rated than than Pugna is, but definitely good. Very very good. But anyway, yeah, Ogre Ogre's a good example too. By the way, you just fucking throw an Ogre in the off lane. What's anybody ever gonna do to an Ogre? It's just versatile, broken. 
you can find a versatile and broken hero, that's like that that that's the combo, you know. So ogre's great. Uh, Honestly, Bron same Bron same for supports, like because usually it's support and offlane that has to pick first. I mean, people kind of understand that it's like carry and mid that pick towards the end of the draft, and so it's usually the offlane and the supports that have to pick early on. And if you are playing a support and nobody's picking, literally none of your teammates are showing what heroes they want to play, just pick an ogre because there's a very high chance that you're going to have at least two people that rely on right clicks being drafted after you. Buff them up, super tanky, and you make the enemy team waste a bunch of spells on you, and you make the rest of your team way stronger. It's like the ultimate pick against the four carry lineups that you see in like low level pubs. Like, yeah. Okay, so we have a we got a jungle bloodseeker, we've got a PA safe lane, got a phantom lancer in the mid, and we have I don't know like a Sven in the off lane. What do all of those heroes want? Attack speed. Ogre Magi is the pick. Ogre's always the pick. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what. And not just now when it's strong. Just like, this is this was relevant even. Yeah. It's a good hero. Alright. Well, that ends Alchemy Answers Episode 13. Thanks for joining me, Jenkins. Any last Thanks words? For join Thanks for joining me, Donnie. Oh. Oh, who's that? <laughs> That's my dog, Cusco. He wants to get in my room and say hi. Uh, Couscous wants to say hi. There he is. Hey, there buddy. Couscous. <laughs>